This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Matthew 3 says, verse 13 says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me? Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Meaning we got to do this, John. Then he suffered him. He baptized. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Mm. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Luke 4, beginning at verse 1. It's really the same story. I'm just picking it up in different gospels. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan where he was just baptized and was led by the spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil and in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he afterward hungered and the devil said unto him if thou be the son of God command this stone that it be made bread and Jesus answering him saying it is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God and the devil taketh him up into a high mountain showeth him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said unto him all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that it is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it if thou therefore will worship me all shall be thine and Jesus answered and said unto him get thee behind me Satan for it is written thou shall worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve and he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on, on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, my God, cast down thyself from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, they shall catch you lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt 
the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about him. Our scripture reading so far, I want to preach for a little bit. We are those people who come out stronger. Tell your neighbor, I'm coming out stronger. Yeah, there are a there is a DNA, a breed, and a type of people. They go through certain things, but when they come out, they come out stronger. There is a type of people that they go through hardship. They are not exempt from trial, tribulation, temptation, but there's something about them that when they come out, they move into a whole nother level. This uh, passage of scripture is so profound uh, because it even breaks down that Jesus is showing us that it takes endurance, it takes power to make it through process. That it even shows us that if you're going to be great, you're going to have to have some guts. If you're going to become the person that you know you ought to be, you're going to have to be more than cute. You're going to have to be tough. You're going to know how, have to know how to fight. You're going to have to know how to press when you're tired. You're going to have to know how to keep going when you don't even know where you're going. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to know how to make up your mind when you're confused about why you're even making up your mind. It takes something to become something and be who God wants you to be. Yeah. I think what the scripture also points out here because it kind of crescendos us into Jesus going into this big fight with the devil. But I want you to understand that he doesn't go into this big fight with the devil until first he's affirmed. He's affirmed. He's affirmed. He has to go through baptism through John the Baptist and John the Baptist beginning to prophesy when he was baptizing everyone as he was baptizing he was telling everybody who met him at the river of Jordan there cometh one who is mightier than I whose shoes I cannot not untie this is what John the Baptist was telling people while he was baptizing them and while he was baptizing everyone here comes Jesus walks in at the baptism service while John is actually talking about him and he tells John I need to be baptized as well he says what are you talking about he says I just keep telling people that you were coming and you were going to be the baptizer and you was going to baptize people with the spirit and you were going to fill people with the spirit and now you're telling me that I have to baptize you yes God in his sovereignty shows us in this text that even Jesus had to get ready to win he had to get ready to win and if we see Jesus as somebody who never had to get prepared to win we'll miss all that it takes and all that is necessary for us to win but he takes Jesus through the baptism 
chasm to show us that we also need to be prepared to win. One of the ways that the father prepares Jesus in the midst of everybody else at the baptism, when Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit comes to the baptism. Not just Jesus, but the Holy Spirit comes to the baptism and the Holy Spirit begins to descend like a dove and everybody see this glorious confirmation of his son being baptized. One of the ways that God gets you ready for greatness is when he starts telling everybody in your face what you're going to be. You're not yet there, but God will start declaring it when you don't look like it. God will start declaring it when you're in early stages. You'll be in the elementary stage of your destiny, but God will have the nerve to declare what you're going to be. You'll still be trying to figure out how to do what God's called you to do, and God will be sitting there declaring that this is my beloved son. Y'all know me. I'll get drunk off that word beloved. Beloved means that I look at him that he has not ever done anything wrong. Beloved me when he look at you, he don't see no wrongdoing. He don't see your mess ups. He don't see no hiccups. It means that he loved you in the original state when he created you. Before you have probably messed up. We know Jesus didn't mess up, but we messed up. But but he calls Jesus beloved. He says basically, uh, um, from the foundation of the world, you were my son. Before the angel Gabriel went down into the earth realm and impregnated a, a, a virgin by the name of Mary, before you got in the earth realm, you were already, already in the heavenly realm. And when God started calling you beloved, he he has no reference of what he of what we call earth realm he's talking about before your mama met your daddy you already existed before they hooked up one night somewhere on a honeymoon wherever he don't even care how you got here because the truth of the matter is you were here before you was here this is my beloved son you were here in the heavens before you was here and you was perfected here before he put you in process here the spirit comes to the baptism and John the Baptist and everyone is watching how the old Holy Spirit affirms that Jesus is his son Jesus is the son only begotten son of the father and many times I think what we have missed is how important it is for the Holy Ghost to come all on us. Before Jesus goes into this wilderness, it says Jesus leaving the baptism, he left the baptism full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He was affirmed that he was the son and he was full of the Holy Spirit. I think what we really need to talk about before we go into our next place of identity and figuring out who we are, how about we pause and get filled with the Spirit? How about we pause and allow the Holy Ghost to flood our souls? I want you to know before Jesus goes into this wilderness, 
he doesn't go into the wilderness empty he goes into the wilderness full imagine what it is to walk with God being full the truth of the matter some of us are only in a deficit because we're not full and Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost full of the Holy Ghost yeah what we need we need people who are full of the Holy Ghost who has a fresh feeling of God's presence Jesus walked into the wilderness with a belly full see we've been fighting devils empty we've been fighting the devil on E half a tank and while half a tank will get you started half a tank won't get you to the end Jesus went in there on a full tank it sets the stage for what happens next sometime when we read this text we want to go to the next phase of how Jesus dealt with the devil but you got to understand first he went in there full he went in there full and I believe what Jesus and God is trying to remind the saints to do is to stay full tell your neighbor say stay full stay full of the Holy Ghost stay full of the presence of God stay full of who God has called you to be it's going to be the difference in the next few minutes it's going to be the difference in your battle it's going to be the difference in your wilderness it's going to be the difference in your trial it's going to be the difference in your temptation it's when you stay full one of the promises of God is that he will fill us with his presence it's one of the promises of God is that he will fill us with his presence and sometimes we prefer to receive a prophetic word over being filled with the presence and we need prophetic words but let me tell you something that can keep you when you don't have a word the Holy Ghost let me tell you something that actually talks to you when you don't know where you're going the Holy Ghost let me tell you somebody matter of fact, matter of fact the Bible calls the Holy Ghost a helper let me tell you who figures things out when you don't know what to do the Holy Ghost our challenge in life here is we try to do great things without the Holy Ghost we try to do great things without the Holy Ghost, but Jesus does not fight devils without the Holy Ghost. Who you think you are, think you're going to fight every curse that's came against your family line without the death, without the Holy Ghost? How you going to put the devil to flight without the Holy Ghost? Come on, somebody. And some of us think our, our last names are the power that's going to get us victory. Our last name, I'm a Williams, I'm a Smith, I'm a, I'm a Davis. The devil don't care about your last name in the earth. If you're not covered in the blood, if you're not washed in the spirit, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost the devil whoop you up like he whooped the seven sons of Sceva and whip the clothes off your back because you have not been engaged with the power of the spirit I'm trying to give you the main ingredient to how you gonna get through this wilderness how you gonna get to this strong season how you gonna get through this hardship get filled with the Holy Ghost Get filled with the Holy Ghost. We've been downplaying the power of people filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been known to meet people who have, in times past, and by no means, I don't mean don't get your education, but we had people who had very little education, 
but because they had the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he was the, he he knew everything. He was an intelligence beyond what you can study in a book. Come on, somebody. When you have the Holy Ghost, he'll speak to you in dreams. He'll give you things you couldn't even imagine. He'll spoil the plans of the devil while the devil trying to set you up. The Holy Ghost will let you know where the devil is. Come on, somebody. While the devil has formed a weapon against your life, the Holy Ghost will tell you that. Oh yeah, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that he is a leader and he's a guider into all truth. Another word for the Holy Ghost is he is a helper. I'm trying to tell you, you need a helper for the tempter. Oh, you need a helper for the tempter. The devil's going to be the devil, but the way you make it through your warfare is you get filled with the Spirit. And if you get filled with the Spirit, I gotta preach it like I feel it. If you ever get doused and and a dose and full and submerged and dipped in the Holy Ghost, the devil really don't want to deal nothing with you. That's what we about to deal with. The devil don't really want to deal with nobody who's full of the Holy Ghost. But if you just a church goer, if you don't believe in the Spirit of God, if you don't believe in prayer and the blood, he'll play around with your destiny. But if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil don't want to see you coming. The devil don't want to see you wake up in the morning when you get filled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all know one of my favorite stories is about Sister Roby, the usher in my old Pentecostal church growing up. She was a kind of hoodish usher. She was rough and tough. Her kids, her kids were never disrespectful to her or anyone else. Cause Sister Roby didn't play. She was kind, she was nice, but she managed the whole church with her stance and her eyes. Children be in the back cutting up, she'll catch you and just look at you. She wore her white gloves, her stockings, her white dress, and she'll walk over there. And sometime while you're talking, she'll just stand there. Uh, lock eyes with you. While she'll stand there, she'll be praising God with the song in the choir. Hallelujah. Just smiling at you. Uh-huh. Sister Roby. She was tough. She grew up in the neighborhood, but that ain't all Sister Roby was. Sister Roby had the Holy Ghost. Man full of demons came in church one day, swinging a machete, full of demons, acting like he was going to bite and snap people's head off, dancing at teeth, devil vexing him, swinging a machete. The saints were singing songs, and next thing you know, the saints was on their knees calling Jesus. Everybody was on their knees calling Jesus, except Sister Roby. Sister Roby looked at that man and told him, 
if you don't put that machete down in the name of Jesus Christ, the reason that Sister Roby was able to do that and wasn't afraid, she had the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost had given her instruction. Everybody else was on their knees, but Sister Roby said, no, not today. You're not coming up in here robbing the church. You're not coming up here scaring the people from coming. You're not coming up in here swinging no machete. Come on, she ain't having it. He was drunk. He was out of his mind. She looked at him and said, devil, you coming out of this man today? She took authority over that demonic spirit in that man and as she walked towards him, he would swing his machete, but he was backing up and she was walking out of aisle, he was swinging his machete and he was backing up. And sooner or later, she went towards him quick, lay hands on him. He shook on the ground and began to shake. The demons began to come out of him. She cast the devil out of him. I ain't talking about the pastor casting out no devil. I ain't talking about no elder casting out no devil. I'm talking about nobody but an usher. I want to know can you usher in the presence? I want to know can you usher in the Holy Ghost? I want to know can you usher in the fire she was nothing but usher no preacher full of the holy ghost cast the devil out of the man he shook and he cried he repented the pastor got off his knees they led him to jesus he cried up something he ain't have on no shirt he was just sweating profusely and i mean they led him to christ he got filled with the holy ghost after, right there in the service where he went from being demon possessed to holy ghost filled where he been, went from being driven by the devil to being led by the holy ghost some of us need to see real conversions where people walk in one way and walk out another this man was transformed by somebody who been with God filled with the Holy Ghost after they done gave him the right hand of fellowship and loved on him oh it was a day in church that was a day as like a 19 year old boy watching that that was better than Voltron y'all know about no Voltron huh huh that was better than He-Man. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What? After we watched this thing happen, then Sister Roby went up to that man, and then she went into her hoodish side. And she said, I don't know what's wrong with you coming up in this church like that. I know God has saved, and you better be good and saved. Because you ever come up in this church like that again. You thought that we just prayed for you today. But you come up in, I'm telling you, that's how Sister Roby was. She was full of the Holy Ghost. He was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. His spirit was back. He was back in his right mind. Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to say is we need more than cute people this day we need more people who fancy we need some bona fide or dripping with blood filled with the spirit believers on fire for God I want you to know that God said I'm about to send my son into the wilderness but he ain't going empty he going full of the Holy Ghost See, what's going to happen next is totally different when you're full of the Holy Ghost. I can teach the next part of the scriptures when you're full of the Holy Ghost. But if I ask you to quote some scriptures and you ain't got no feeling in you. See, that's the same thing the sons of Sceva did. It's in the book of Acts. 
these guys who were watching the apostles cast out devils, and he's called the sons of Sceva, Sceva, and they said, you know what? Shoot, we're going to do what they do. And watched them, because this ain't nothing but a formula. This ain't nothing but a little formula. They think they special. They watched them, and then they tried to repeat it. They said the demons in that man that they tried to cast out jumped all over them, beat their clothes off their back, and they ran. Why? Because they said, in the name of the Jesus that Peter and Paul, right? See, what I'm trying to tell you, you got to know Christ for yourself. You got to have, God help me, you got to have a personal relationship and a personal encounter with God. You got to have your own encounter with Jesus. You can't keep living off of mama's prayers. You 50 now. You can't keep living off of granddaddy's prayers. You 30 with a beard now. You got to have an encounter with Jesus for yourself. Yeah, feel people walk differently. This is the whole context of the scripture. Feel people walk differently. See, the reason Jesus is now able to be led into the wilderness because the Holy Spirit also give you boldness. You want to talk about the Holy Spirit that will extinguish fear? And anxieties get a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost watch how bold you get watch how much courage you have for life and destiny see how fast you bounce back from any lows or depression come on I know they're clinical situations but get some of that Holy Ghost to battle with that depression come on get some of that Holy Ghost to battle with that anxieties watch what happened to your spiritual nature when you get filled with the Holy Ghost can we preach the scripture in text Jesus get filled with the Holy Ghost and he goes into the wilderness in other words saying come on devil I'm full of the Holy Ghost I ain't running from you I ain't backing down from you coming to the wilderness where I am full of the presence of God we need more people who are not afraid of the devil we need more men and women of God who are not afraid of demons who are not afraid of what the end we got too many believers scared of the power of God scared see but that Holy Ghost will stir you up Jesus is full he goes into the wilderness with a belly full belly full, belly full of affirmation and he's, he goes into the wilderness and he said hey let's get it on see what happens when you got the helper with you you know you're going to go through some wilderness experiences. No one in here is exempt from being tested. No one. It, the Bible shows us that even Jesus is tempted and goes through the wilderness. Now who you think you are? Born of Juanita and James. Who do you think you are? Huh? 
born of Bob and Jane. Who do you think you are? If Jesus is the only begotten son of God, come on somebody, who do you think you are in this world that you're not going to go through unfortunate situations, not going to go through surprises, not going to take hits and attacks, not going to go through situations that try to pull you out of the realm of God. Who do you think you are? That you're not going to be tested. The truth of the matter is you actually prove who you are when you are tested. You prove who you are when you are tempted. And we need to understand that all of us are vulnerable to be tempted. All of us. The devil don't care. He don't care who you are, where you're born, who you are. If he can get you on his side, that's what he wants. We're all going to be tested. Come on, we're all going to face trials and tribulations. We're all going to face temptations. I like this because now we can stop making temptation a sin. Because to be tempted is not a sin. To be tempted is to be living in a human body trying to experience the realm of the divine and the goodness of God. All of us are tempted. There's no one under the sound of my breath who is void of going through life and being tempted. Some of us thought about quitting just two weeks ago. Some of us thought about quitting about two months ago. Some of us did quit two months ago. What I'm trying to tell you is we don't need to beat up each other because temptation comes. If you live long enough, God will get rid of all that arrogance that you have. Talking about what you wouldn't do, keep living long enough. You may do some things you never, you ain't saying nothing that you thought you wouldn't do. Snooting up your nose at somebody, I don't care how low I get, you keep living. You never know how low you get. You better be careful what you say. Better be careful what you say. Life has a way. If you're not careful, you'll end up being visiting things in your life that you never thought you'll ever go through. Never thought you'll be going through this. Come on, somebody. Never thought you'll be 40, fine and pretty and still single. Y'all ain't saying nothing, somebody. Come on, educated, handsome, and still got some struggles. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You wouldn't think that it would still be this hard while you still love God and pleasing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You would think that the temptation would be gone because you know Bible verses. You would think the temptation would go away because you've been to prayer. No, 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 no. All those things do but fill you up so you can deal with the fight. See, what we've been trying to tell people is that you get in Bible study, you ain't going to have to fight. You get in prayer, you ain't going to have to fight. And everybody in Bible study, look at the skip fights. Everybody in prayer, look at the skip fights. But true believers are born in a fight. True believers are born through tough times. And so God in his sovereignty doesn't skip the fight. One would think that God would want to skip the fight because maybe if Jesus is not tempted here, there is no potential chance of Jesus falling. So to keep everything looking good, we're going to just skip him going through a test. No, because ain't nothing that can be trusted if it can't be tested. 
And one of the ways God betters us is by allowing us to be tested. And while we won't even believe it or not, God in his sovereignty even uses Satan as an agent for your good. I said God in his sovereignty. Come on, I don't care what we say. We could not make Joseph brothers not cast him and take off his robe and put blood in it. Joseph Joseph in Genesis. We could not stop them from selling him into slavery. We could not stop that. all that stuff. We've been telling people, you talk too much. And if you wouldn't tell people your dream, you wouldn't go through that. Yeah, I do know some of that, but that ain't what happened in the text. It, what it's trying to say is this thing was unavoidable. You had to go through this. I'm trying to help you understand that sometime in God's sovereignty, God proves his stamp of approval on you by saying she gonna go through this, but still gonna come out of it. She gonna go through this hardship, but still gonna come out of on top. One of the ways that God shows he's stronger than the devil is by putting you in it and if God did never put you in it God could never prove that his word is stronger than any attack of the devil and God will many times use the devil as an agent of your promotion can I prove it to you the Bible says that the devil was roaming about and came to the angels of God and talked to God and he said God said to him have you considered God said to the devil have you considered what God will offer me up to the devil. God will offer my life up for attack. God said to the devil, have you considered? I see you looking for somebody to test. Have you considered my servant Job? Huh? He's like, oh, I really wasn't going to mess with Job because you got a hedge of protection around him. You know, I was trying to mess with somebody out of protection. You know. Come on now. If I want to win, give me an easy win. Come on, at work we call it low-hanging fruit. Come on, somebody. I want an easy win. I wasn't going to mess with Job because I said, you got a hedge all around about him. He said, all right, I'll lower the hedge so you can touch some stuff. But you can't have his soul. He said, and he and God in his sovereignty. See, we don't want to read the uh, read the text. We don't want to say that the Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness. We want to act like these attacks are random. Can I present to you that God wanted you to be betrayed? Come on! If Jesus never got betrayed, we've been trying to live our life telling everybody, watch out for Judas, watch out for Judas, watch out for Judas, watch out for Judas. Out for Judas. But if it wasn't for Judas, Jesus would never got to the cross. What I'm trying to tell you, we spent all our life trying to skip unavoidable things, trying to skip inevitable things rather than being ready when they come, rather than being filled when they come. Jesus, God didn't skip no wilderness in Jesus' life. He didn't skip. He said, if you're going to be trusted, you got to be tested. He said, I'm going to put you in this wilderness, but you're going to go in there full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to put you in this wilderness, and I'm going to show everybody you got some guts. I'm going to show everybody that you can handle people talking about you. Like, God, make them shut up. God, no. I want to know, can you operate when enemies are talking about you? God, 
make my enemies go away. God said, I want to know, can you love when they don't love you? God, make everything right. God said, I'm not about to make everything right. As a matter of fact, I feel another scripture. The Bible says that the man of God prayed three times that he would remove this thorn from his flesh. But the Bible says God responded to him after the third time praying for it to be removed and said, my grace is sufficient. Meaning I ain't got to remove this thing for you to come out of it. I'm going to leave you in it and watch you come out of it. I'm not going to remove the thorn from your flesh. I'm going to let it be there and let you function while you have it. Let you grow while you have it. Let you be promoted while you have it. Can I tell you the truth? Some of my change came while I was under pressure. You thought everything was good when I received a new promotion? I was getting hell from left, north, south, east, and west. But God was testing. Can you hold your head up? In the wilderness, everybody say, in the wilderness. Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted for the purpose of temptation. And when he gets in the wilderness, the devil comes to him and he wants Jesus to take stones and turn it into bread. In other words, I know you're hungry because you've been fasting 40 days. And 40 nights. Uh, won't you take this situation and turn it into something else? Won't you manipulate this situation? See, when you're hungry, you're very vulnerable. And I ain't talking about just hungry for food. Hungry for love. Hungry for compassion. When you're hungry. Sometimes you lose ethics when you're hungry. Sometimes you do things that you normally wouldn't do if you was not hungry. Come on, somebody. Some of us are not even the kindest people when we're hungry. Hallelujah. You be going off on your friend, fussing people out, and you be like, sorry, I'm just hungry. <laughs> Jesus was hungry. And you never know what life could be like when you're being tempted when you're hungry. Jesus is hungry and the devil is tempting him. He says, manipulate this situation. He says, if you be the son of God, if you really got power, if you really can do something, manipulate this situation and take this, take this um, stone and make it bread. Jesus responds, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth. In other words, in other words, he doesn't deny that he need bread. Everybody say, I need bread. One of the reasons that sometimes we don't come off as human in our quest of faith because we act like we don't need bread. We act like we don't need money. Bread just represents natural things. We act like we don't need bread. You act like some people act like they don't need no friends and that's what's wrong with some people right now. Because they ain't got no friends. You need bread. It's natural things to help you in life. But he says, but that's not how I conduct my life alone. Bread don't rule my life. But my life is also based on the word of God. Here it is. The way you start uh, coming out of your wilderness. Here it is. The word has to be your conviction. If you just going to go through life and the word never constrains or convicts you, 
if you decide to live your life by any other rule but the word of God this is what Jesus said to him I just don't do anything I do what the word tells me to do he said but, but every word I live by the word of God the word of God is what keeps us grounded David said thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you it is the word that brings us convictions the reason Jesus doesn't go about living any type of way here is because he's constrained by the word. I'm telling you one of the ways you're going to overcome your wilderness, you got to eat the word. No, you got to get more word in you. No, this is the first thing that Jesus begins to talk about is I'm more than bread. Come on, I'm more than bread. I'm more than a person who's a millionaire. I'm more than a person that's an entrepreneur. I'm more than a person that's a supervisor and a, di a director. I'm more than just a doctor. I have the word in my life. Come on, somebody. I'm more than intelligent and educated. I also have the word in my life. And the word, it was constructs my life. It constrains my life. I have convictions and I have standards and there's certain things I just can't not do and I just can't live any type of way and the devil comes to manipulate people who won't live by the word because as long as you won't let the word be your God and the word be your map for life the devil know he can manipulate you over promotion he can manipulate you over over new position he can manipulate you but the moment you say no 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 I'm not going to turn in my convictions in order to be blessed come on somebody I'll do without it if I have to turn in my convictions I'll be hungry another day if I have to no 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 you got to start living with some convictions of the word because as long as your promotion and material things rule your life the devil knows that you're going to disobey the word the word has to be your convictions has to be your convictions. The devil comes again with another temptation to Jesus. He won another temptation to Jesus. He says, he take him up to a high mountain. He's talking about the things of the world, the things that are possible in this world. He shows him all the great kingdoms, all the things you can have. A man and a man of God wrote a book about the seven mountains, entertainment, um, worship, business, all these things that we can do, right? Education. He showed them all the kingdom of the world and say, I'll give you this and the glory to them because I got the power to do so, but it's only at one condition. You got to worship me. So Jesus first rebukes him, said it's written, I am not going to take this bread, turn it into stones. I'm not going to manipulate this. But now the devil tempts him and he comes after his worship. He's going deeper now. He says, if I can ever get the people of God to start worshiping, even if you're challenged and going through struggles in life, keep on worshiping. Worship does more for you to keep the devil off of you. The worship does more for you to keep your spirit lifted. And the devil comes after the worship. He says, I need you to worship me. Isn't it just like the devil who has lost his position now that he has lost his position, many people don't understand that Satan Lucifer was his name, Lucifer. He was an archangel, but because he was a beautiful angel and he wanted to be worshipped by the other angels, he got kicked out of heaven. 
right? And so he is a falling angel, which is a demon. And because he's a fallen angel, he's still upset that he ain't the one to be ultimately worshipped. And he's still after our worship. He can't stand when we come in here, lift our hands, give God praise, give God glory. He can't stand when he is not the object of affection. He cannot stand it and he comes after the worship of the believer. He tells Jesus, if you'll fall down and worship me, listen when he said, I'll give you things. Now you won't believe it. There are people today get involved with all types of demonic alliances for success to deny God and not honor him. Many of us don't understand that many times in the midst of a football game, or in the midst of a victory, many people get to the mic and they first, after they thank their mama, after they thank their mother, <clears throat> they say, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not understanding that it is right for them to do so. You're not understanding that the enemy in the spirit of entertainment don't want them to say that Jesus is Lord. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Come on. Tebow was cute till he started giving Jesus all the glory. Tebow was nice until he started giving God all the glory. And then they were like, we don't want to hear about God every time you get in the mic. We want to hear about how good God is every time. Just talk about how powerful you are. No, 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 no. You're not going to lift me up because we know how the world would do. They'll lift you up and drop you off in the back of the woods. They'll tell you you're good one day and the next morning they'll be running you over. He said, I'm smarter than you. Every time I get the mic, I'm going to lift up Jesus. Come on. And the enemy is after our worship. He don't want you to worship God. Jesus responds. He says to him, get thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. In other words, those who don't worship are hindered in their progress. Because Satan will always stand in front of you to hinder your direction. Amen. He said, get behind me, Satan. Thou, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him thou thou serve. That's the second temptation. But in the third temptation, I want you to notice the difference. The devil takes him to a high pinnacle of the temple. Tell them, if you know, son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Wait a minute. I'm going to live by the word of God. That's number one. Number two, I'm not going to bow down and worship you. But now he's saying, if you're really so powerful, throw yourself down from the top of the pinnacle of this temple. And it's okay for you to do so. Know why? Because you've been using his word in your first two temptations. Your first temptations when, you t when he was tempted, he said, it is written. It is written. So the devil said, oh, I know how to mess with people who like to quote scripture. I'm going to quote scripture. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to take scripture and get it out of context. I know how to get a believer off course. Somebody who knows the word. All I got to do is get them to twist scripture. Change the context of scripture. Make it mean something that it doesn't mean. And so now the devil plays a dirty game of quoting the word to Jesus. Since Jesus quoted the word to him, he said, oh, you believe him, okay. 
So now I'm going to take you into the word, the devil says. And the devil says in verse 10, for it is written, the devil comes to Jesus and says, now let me give you the word. The first thing, let me tell you something, you are never to take the word of God from the devil. I don't care if it's the word of God. He's always the liar and the author of a lie. I don't care if it sounds right coming out of his mouth. He's a liar and he's the, the, in the root. There's no truth in him. And if he's quoting scripture, somewhere he lying while he talking. Ain't no truth in him. He says to Jesus, it is written, he shall give angels charge over thee to keep thee. Uh-huh, true. True. Psalm 91. And in their hands shall they bury up, lest I any that dash out against the foot too many. You can fall down. In other words, because you are believing, you believe the word, you can do anything and God gonna catch you. You don't have to follow God. God, God will just back you up. You ain't got to do anything. You ain't got to follow God. Mm-mm. You could just jump off the top of this, and because you his son, he gonna catch you. If you're not careful, the devil make believers look real stupid. If you're not careful, the devil will have you doing things that God ain't told you to do because he done twisted scripture, twisted your belief, twisted your thought pattern. And Jesus responds to him and says, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, I cannot take the word of God out of context just to meet my needs just so I can have an advantage this is part of the warfare that we're even living in this day and time is that we got people taking the word of God out of context just to meet their own needs Jesus says no we don't tempt the Lord thy God we don't just jump off the top of a pinnacle of a temple say I'm going to do this we don't just go out in a river and say, God has called me to walk on water and know that God ain't spoke to you to walk on no water and talk about I'm about to go out here and walk on water and right, and you end up drowning somewhere because you talking about God ain't told you to walk in no water. He told Jesus and he told Peter to walk on water. And if God ain't tell you to walk on no water, keep your feet on dry ground. Although that's a real story of a man who decided he was going to prove that he was the man of God and he went out there talking about walking on water and he just kept walking until he went into the deep and the next thing you know he perished. Real story because he decided that he was going to try to do something that God ain't called you to do. See, the way you get victory is you stay within the bounds of where God has you. You don't just run out of the bounds of your measure and the season of your life and tell God, I'm just going to do what I want to do because I got your word. You're going to back me up. God said, we're going to find that out. Here it is. I'm almost done. And when the devil had ended all his temptation, he departed from him for a season. Say a break season, a break season. You get a break. Jesus returned in the power of the spirit, my final point, in the power of the spirit into Galilee and there was a fame of him throughout the region. What I'm trying to tell you is when you come through your temptations, you're going to come out stronger than you've ever been. When you come through this wilderness, this wilderness is actually going to birth you into greater promises. Actually, the wilderness is a divine womb. Divine womb where God constructively put you in fire, put you in trouble, 
put you in a trial and then says, stand on my word while you're in it. I know a God who will not change the season until you stand up in your strength. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't preach messages to rescue you out of everything that God has put you in. Some of us hadn't developed because we just think God's going to keep bringing us out immediately. And God said, no, I got you in this thing. I'm with you while you're in it. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. But you're going to have to stand on this one. You're going to have to quote the scripture. You're going to have to live through this one. No, no. You, you know, but Lord, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to cry out today. Good, but I'm going to still give you strength to go through it. I'm going to give you might. I'm going to build character in you. Come on, I'm going to let you go through this. And I'm going to actually allow this wilderness to become a womb for your breakthrough. See, we are those people when we go through things, we actually come out stronger. The Bible says when Jesus came through this wilderness, he came out stronger. It says the fame of his reputation went all, all around the region because he came out stronger. I'm prophesying to you, you're going to come out, but you're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out with a testimony that I stood under pressure. Oh yeah, you're going to come out with a testimony that my character got developed in that season. You're going to come out with a testimony that God touched and built my integrity in that season. God corrected me from all my excuses. God got all that weakness out of me. God got all that whining and crying out of me. I'm going to tell you the truth. God will develop you in your hardest times. God will make you through these tough situations. He'll blow a little grace on you. He'll blow a little mercy on you. He'll show you that he's with you. But God is developing us through hardship. God is developing us through challenges and tribulations. God is developing us through trials. I mentioned Job earlier. The Bible says that Job got double for his trouble. We like double for, his, we like double for your trouble, but we don't like trouble. We don't want to go through. I, I don't want to go through none of that Job went through. But God knows that trials and tribulations and temptations begin to prove us, begin to purge and prune us. I want to give you hope that you're going to come out of this thing, but when you come out, you're coming out better. When you come out, you're coming out stronger. When you come out, you're coming out wiser. When you come out, you're going to really know who you are. When you come out, you're not going to need everybody to call your name for you to feel good about yourself. When you come out of this thing, you know, I've been talking about, you ain't going to need to be invited to the party. You, like I said, you're going to be fine having your own party. When you come out, you're going to really know who you are. You're going to be able to stand flat-footed. When you come out, you're not going to be manipulated by anything. Come on. You're not going to be manipulated by friends and everybody else manipulating you and all that kind of stuff. If you do this, I'll do that. You do this. And you keep losing all your ethics. You keep backing up from the, the blessings and the favor of God because you keep getting manipulated out of your growth. You keep getting manipulated out of your development. Christ is trying to be formed in you in this season. Christ is trying to grow his attributes in you in this season. Christ is trying to grow and put some fruit on your tree. Christian believers ought to have some fruit. 
Some of that fruit is called perseverance. Some of that fruit is called self-control. Some of that fruit is called gentleness. Some of that fruit is called joy. Not just happiness, but joy. You will think that everything's going well in a person's life. It ain't that the fact that everything's going well, but I got joy. It's not that I ain't face no hardships, I got joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's how we're making it through this. Some of you in the wilderness right now. Some of you been in it for a while. Some of you hoping I would say that it's going to be over tomorrow. And as much as I hope it to be over tomorrow, I feel the grace to tell you to stand up and go through it. I feel the grace to say stand in the word of God. Fight the devil with the word. Stand your ground. Stand in who God has called you to be. Receive the affirmation of the Lord. Know who you are. Don't you back down. I said don't you back down another day. Don't you back up. Stand in your strength. Jesus stood in every situation. It is written. Most vulnerable times of his life. He's hungry. He's been fasting 40 days. But he's full of the Holy Ghost. So I'm not worshiping you. I'm not living for you. And I'm sure not having you giving me the word of God. Sure not having you counsel me. Telling me which way to go and how to do. I'm not having you giving me no word from God. Come on. If that's the case, I'll just be without one. If that's the case. If, that's, if you're going to be giving me one from the devil. Come on. Our first fall in Genesis happened at somebody taking instruction from the devil. The serpent talking to Eve. Telling her who she's not. When she's been made in the image of God. Telling her who he's not. I'm trying to tell you, you got to stop listening to the wrong people in your life. You got to listen to devil, demonic counsel. Devil whispering in your ear talking to you you got to stop listening to him his instructions for your life you got to stop listening to him he'll always try to seduce you out of your greatness he's trying to tell jesus what he can give him <laughs> what he can give him and jesus said no i belong to god and i'm gonna stand in my strength God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again. Mm -hmm.